Welcome to the Golden Hour Coffee Shop with me, your cafe date, Amy. Take a seat with a drink, a snack, and just chill with me. Now, I know I was supposed to post two day, two weeks ago, but I took a break from life, like my responsibilities towards life. Um, I kind of miss it, but it's okay. I went to stay with uh, my grandparents for a week, um, and I'm back home now. Um, but yeah, this is two weeks late, but it was probably better that I post this now than having it be rushed and not make much sense. Um, how are you guys? I hope you're doing okay, and I hope you're taking the time to take care of yourselves. I have just finished reading uh, the Attack on Titan manga, like, finished final chapter. I am an emotional mess. I finished it last night, and by last night I mean like 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and yeah, last night there was a bit of crying, but today I feel relieved. Um, I'm just kind of, it's a bittersweet feeling, you know, I'm just a little, I'm just glad to to some sense that it's over, like, all these characters can finally rest, and, yeah, but I'll probably talk about that another time, because I know I really do want to talk about my love for, like, anime and creative writing and all this other stuff, you know, all the boring nerdy stuff. It's not boring. No, we're not self-deprecating here. It's not boring. It's interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, I hope you guys have been well. That's what's been up with me besides my break. <laughs> um, I thought really long and hard about what I wanted this podcast episode to be about. And it doesn't help that my mind is just constantly filled with a bunch of random ideas. That's on being neurodivergent. <laughs> Um, my mind is just never stop. It never stops. It's probably you're probably going to be able to notice with the way that I I do this, like the podcast episodes and the way I speak. Um, there's not really many points to just pause. <laughs> That's exactly how my brain works. But um, I wanted this to start with something that would make this whole thing feel like legitimate, because it wouldn't be a proper coffee date if I didn't talk about how I'm feeling does that make sense like you'd be discussing what's been on your mind at that particular time right and yeah given the state of the planet right now I decided to start this podcast to remind you guys and myself to slow down disclaimer disclaimer number one this is the first time I've done like a proper podcast episode because obviously you know I said that I I did try podcasting before all I did was the introduction and then I chickened out I never got to actually (laughs) recording a podcast episode and you'd think after hearing other people's podcasts you know how to go about yours incorrect I'm lost um but yeah let's let's begin slowing down right um so basically i'll begin by kind of explaining myself and my experiences 
and slowing down is really important to me because uh, I used to be like the type of person that would run around doing so much at once and for so many people and I don't know if this is like a real thing to have or if like it's an actual thing but I, I'd like to describe it as like a superhero complex or I used to have a superhero complex at least where I would do things for people and it didn't matter what I was doing or if it served me at that time or if it made me feel worse it didn't matter I would do those things for other people and then that was it and oh my goodness the burnout I think the burnout is irreversible I have lost like hours and days and weeks I've had terrible sleep patterns I've had low moods um kind of but not really been diagnosed with depression from the GP but I, I don't know I don't understand it doesn't matter as long as I'm aware of what's going on with me and I know how to find the resources to help that I don't really care um but yeah I also began to have like a bad relationship with my family and I'm trying to bring myself out of this <laughs> right now it's a journey it won't happen overnight that's a big thing to remind yourselves of that it's not you know going through all these like the healing process and trying to better yourself uh it won't happen instantly it won't happen in a week either or a month it's going to take some time and it won't be as easy as you know just going up the ladder you're going to go up and down up and down and that's okay because it's a journey but um I think this kind of reminder is just so important right now especially because we're surrounded with so much toxic positivity and toxic productivity and people pushing the idea that you have to have a side business going on and you have to be following the billionaire's 5am routine or you have to be trying to copy the routine of your favorite youtuber even though you know that none of these things are gonna work for you especially in lockdown um i've seen so many people being like hey secure the bag rise and grind or have this like toxic positivity mindset where it's like it carries the same energy as being like oh you're depressed just be happy (laughs) it's just it's not it it's not it it's not helpful and it's not fair um i'd like to apologize if you hear me sniffling i my allergies have been at an all-time high lately so i'm literally like struggling with right now but um yeah amidst all of this nonsense that we're seeing on social media and even hearing from friends and stuff have you taken the time to slow down like have you I'm talking to you directly. Have you taken the time out of your day or your week to think about what you're doing to yourself, how you feel and what you want, either from life, from yourself, from the people around you? Have you had the chance to do that? Have you done a self-check-in? I think it's so important for you to have the time to ground yourself and let yourself breathe um especially right now it's just it would be a disservice if you didn't do that 
So let me give you like a little backstory on myself to explain how I was overworking myself because some things, you know, I think there are some things you don't even realize you've been doing to yourself until you hear someone else doing it or you look back and you're like, oh my God, that was, I was hurting myself. So let me give you an example <laughs> from the person over here with a superhero complex. Um, when I was completing my undergraduate degree, uh, I really don't know how I did it, to be honest. Like, whenever I look back, I'm like, oh my god, I, I did that. Like, I suffered all those years in a subject that I didn't even want to pursue, you know, just to throw that out there. Um, I didn't drive because I didn't have a license. I still don't, unfortunately. Um, I come from a Muslim African household. So, you know, the prospect of me living on campus was like, it was not up for discussion. But I don't really care because... Ooh, accommodation stories I've heard. I'm I'm right. I was happy. I was okay staying, knowing that I come home, and my family's there, <laughs> and not a bunch of strangers. Um, especially like the area that I was in. I feel like maybe it'd be a different story if it was somewhere else or even in a different country. But like, where I am, is the countryside. So, <clears throat> yeah, people. I don't think I would have survived on campus. Um. And also, my, my uni was only, like, 20 minutes away from my house, if you go by car. But because I'm not a driver, I had to take public transport. And once again, I live in the countryside. Public transport is, like, 10 years behind. I'm not even joking. And it takes, so, like, it takes, like, two hours to get to uni by bus from my doorstep to campus. Two hours. It was hell. It was absolutely hell. Well, that was actually before we like the uni built a new campus. But two of my years, like two of my uni years, were dedicated to spending two hours on public transport from my house to uni. Uh, so the first year was literally just me getting my bearings. Uh, you know what the heck is going on? Getting used to this new level of freedom that I had. Um, and just getting comfortable with being a university student because it's a big transition, you know. You spend your whole life at school and people telling you what to do and then suddenly, boom, you're out in the world on your own. And uh, so, like, first year wasn't that bad, really, because you're just getting used to everything. Second year was the worst public transport-wise because I suddenly had 9 a.m. classes and I would have days where I'd be in uni 9 to 5 on campus and so you know two hour bus journeys I would have to avoid rush hour because you'd be late for class and so I would be taking the bus at the earliest time that I could which is like 6 40 something in the morning and then arrive at uni at like 7 45 and then finishing at like 5 and then getting the bus back was a mess because it was just crazy it's rush hour time buses were always either like half an hour late or they didn't turn up at all so you're waiting an hour for the bus and sometimes like they'd be so full you'd have to wait for the next one because everyone was waiting for the bus and so all the people that are there they'd like get on and then there'd be no room for you so you'd have to wait for the next one and then um, by the time I've got the bus and I've got home to this village that I live in, 
the last running bus would have already gone by the time I'm home because you know it'd be like me getting to like yeah getting to the bus station at about five thirty, and then getting the bus back you know after the half an hour or nearly an hour waits by the time I get home it's like seven o'clock uh seven o'clock seven thirty the last bus is like six fifty five because it's a, it's the countryside we live in a village um and so I would have to like call my dad to pick me up and that would take me like 20 minutes because he then has to stop whatever he's doing he's a busy man he'd have to stop what he's doing and then get ready and come and get me and it's only like five minutes by car but you know if I was home in time for the bus that would take like 20 minutes from by bus to my house so it was, it was just stress public transport wise like I, I hate it every time I see the bus now I'm just filled with anger <laughs> I I very much dislike it I hate these particular buses because when I was in London I didn't have any issues with buses probably because I knew that if I missed the bus another one would be coming in like five seven minutes and I I didn't mind that because it meant I wasn't extremely late but because I live in a village, yes, I don't know if you can tell, I hold a lot of resentment towards this this village. Um, things were difficult. Um, and so, you know, that's the struggle I had. That would be my week, every single week, alongside all of the essays I had to work for, weekly readings for two different subjects because I was studying psychology and criminology. And both of these subjects would have like four modules each. And they all require you to read like 30 pages of work or something every week. Um, in my family, it's possible that like ADHD runs in our genetics from my mum's side. We're all undiagnosed, um, but we all, we all have the symptoms. We tick boxes. And so, when, you know, with ADHD, when it comes to reading papers that are more than three pages long, I, I struggled. Um, and... Th- trying to focus alone was a struggle and it was more difficult when you it was hard to understand what was in those papers because psychologists are convoluted and criminologists are even worse they just use so much like technical words and all this stuff they just make they make the information very hard to access unless you come from a background where processing this information is easy um and (laughs) so Having to deal with like exhaustion from traveling every week and then reading thirty plus pages of work in subjects you didn't ever, you didn't even understand um it was a struggle and then that same year uh, I fractured my elbow <laughs> and I literally marked that point as the beginning of my descent into depression like proper I don't know how, but at that point. I struggled mental health wise. Everything just got worse. Third year of uni came around. I had my dissertation to do, and it was like a ten thousand word dissertation, and I had to conduct a whole research project by myself. And me, being me, decided to do it in three primary schools, and that's so difficult because 
of their own like uni like schools have their own schedules and stuff going on and then suddenly you have some university student doing an undergraduate degree being like hey i'd like to do some research at your school all by myself by the way i know my supervisor won't be involved in this like she was just there to guide me um but it was stress uh when i tell you that i was crying in my supervisor's office every time i saw her it was it was it was just unbelievable um but she was so helpful like she she was so inspiring as well um i also was taking care of my youngest sibling because my family were blessed with another child in 2018 um he's my best friend i love him but he gave me hell no denying at all i spent more time with him than i did actually working on my degree in that year um because and I quote, uh, he was always taking up my parents' time. So I literally would have to like deal with him and babysit him during like the day. And by the time I had free time, I had no motivation to do anything. And again, having ADHD, low motivation is one of the biggest things, especially if you're not seeing the benefit as well. You're not reaping the the rewards. Um yeah it was really difficult and then there was even a time during like exam season and like deadline season that was just rough there was one day I had no sleep because I was working on my dissertation during the day and then also working with my brother as well I had to put him to sleep um, whilst my parents were out and then uh, this was like during Ramadan which is like the month of fasting for us Muslims and so you know, me being the eldest daughter of an ethnic household, the responsibility of my brother was on me, um, and so putting him to sleep was, like, it was, he was so difficult to put to sleep, like, you would be lying with him for ages, and it wasn't just that, I had to then, like, clean the kitchen and the dishes and clear the table and put food away and all of that stuff, and then, and then I'd have to sort him out, change nappies and everything put him to sleep and putting him to sleep meant like singing and playing the piano music and all this stuff <laughs> but yeah so one day that was how my day went and then I would just stay up the whole I'd stayed up the whole night then um when it hit 5 a.m I was ready to get the bus and go to uni for an exam that I didn't even have the chance to revise for um and then at the same time as all of this going on, because you would need a, a, a support system, right? You'd need people there to to hold you and listen to you and all this stuff. That was falling apart entirely. I All the people that I thought like had my back made me feel so invalidated in so many ways. I felt patronized. I felt trivialized. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, even vilified at some point, but... I might may might not go into that in another episode when I speak about friendships because I know I do definitely want to speak about that. Um, so yeah, at this time I was alone, depressed, and anxious, and uh, doing eldest daughter of ethnic household things, and still forcing myself to do everything. Like I, I never actually stopped and was like, "Do you want to sit down? Do you want to take a breath? Relax." I was just running from A to B to C to D daily and I never took a break, not even once. I didn't I didn't even have the time or energy to like cry out my emotions or to feel my emotions or anything like that. I never did that. And a big part of it was me just telling myself that 
I didn't deserve to do that right now. Like, I didn't have the time to. Can you imagine? Like, I, I would really be telling myself I didn't have the time to cry. Or now is not the time to be feeling my emotions. I don't have time for this. And it affected me, like, really badly. To this day, yeah. there are a lot of habits that I am unlearning. The first time I took steps to, like, pause without guilt was actually a few months ago amidst all the pandemic drama and the social and political unrest and a dissertation that was sitting in front of me that went to itself because I'm finishing my master's now. It was, like, the best thing I ever did for myself. <laughs> um... And it wasn't even, like, that deep. Like, it wasn't, like, I what I did a couple of days ago where I just went off somewhere else that completely changed myself from the environment. I was still at home, but, like, I I just took the, the, you know, I stopped feeling guilty on days where I knew I didn't have the energy to do anything. Um, and so I, I would just sit in the living room with my family and then just... Uh, play games or something or watch whatever they were watching and engage in conversation and things like that and it wasn't much but it helped so much um in terms of me the self-blame and the need to be doing something at all times really like it lessened 100 percent um and yes, of course, I'm still struggling. Even when I was planning this episode out, it was a very rough day for me. Um, but I'm just learning to acknowledge when the signs are, like what my red flags are. And I think it was actually through counselling that I, I, had, I got to recognise those red flags. And I had to, you have to, you have to know what triggers you, you have to know what it is like when you need to be slowing down that amber light that's flashing you need to recognize when it's going off so you can hit the brakes and you can slow down um and so i just thought you know i'd be able to maybe give some of the tips that i learned uh when when i did counseling and just even from experience as well what i thought helped me that might be useful to you as well um and disclaimer number two everyone is different there are things that won't work for some people and they will work for others i think when it comes to mental health with anything no one size fits all there's no such thing because um human beings are just so different and everyone's healing pace is also different um and also I'm not a professional, so I don't have the training. All I have is the the things that I've learnt from uni and the things I've learnt from my counsellor and the things that I've learnt from people around me. Um, so yeah, I will give you six tips that I have learnt, um, which I hope maybe you'd be able to take something away from it. Um and just kind of to help you slow down <clears throat> so tip number one one of the things that my counselor told me to do especially right now because we're all indoors except like australia and new zealand they're they're just vibing being covid free that must be nice um 
yeah, one of the things she told me to do is to surround myself with things that make me feel safe. So an example is like a hoodie or a blanket or, you know, something like that. Whatever it is that makes you feel safe. Maybe it's a pet. Maybe if it's it's a particular book or a movie that you like to watch whenever, you know, when you know you're feeling you're having a bad day and you put this movie on, you'll feel so much better afterwards. Just to surround yourself with things like that. Um, what I have personally, I have a space uh, on my wall that has like letters and cute notes that I've received from friends or and my little sister. And if they just have like really positive messages and they just remind me that people do love me. <laughs> That's something I struggle with. Uh, like being validated by other people. Um but yeah and it's at my desk as well uh there was a time when i was struggling to make myself motivate myself to finish some work for uni and i just kind of like looked up at the wall and i read like a line from one of the letters from my friends and i was like okay if this person says that i can do it then i can do it um and it was just really helpful and really cute and nice and it's just it's just something that's there for you to go to that you know will 100% be there if you need support um or you know just when you're having like those days where you just want to sit in your feelings it's just nice to have right um and yeah that's what that's what she said so and I trust her because she's a professional (laughs) so yeah and uh the second tip is uh, getting a good number of hours of sleep is so important. Sleep is so important. And I don't mean this in a way that's like get your eight hours a day type of way. I mean it in a find out how many hours work best for you kind of way. Um, I struggled a lot with sleep over the past year. I, I've never really struggled that badly before. If anything, I used to sleep so much. Like uh, my dad used to joke that you could kidnap me in my sleep and I wouldn't know. I'd just wake up in another location like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, but literally, like, last year, oh my goodness. It was just, it was horrible. I would, like, it would take me hours. I'm not even joking. It would take me hours to get to sleep. And then, um, by the time I actually got to sleep, I'd be waking up every, like, two hours and then I'd wake up in the morning or the afternoon and I'd feel horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, but then I just tried to find like what, how many hours of sleep let me do the most. Um, which at the moment is like between five and seven hours of sleep is how I, I function the best. And it definitely like, it just helped with feeling comfortable about going to sleep as well because then I knew they didn't matter what ungodly hour it was I was going to bed I'd be fine as long as I had that number of hours of sleep um another thing that I learned as well to do with sleep is you should not blame yourself for the time that you wake up or you know it's just not fair especially right now like who are we to get angry at ourselves for waking up at 12 in the afternoon um which kind of sounds hypocritical because I always get mad at myself for waking up at that time but when I do I get mad and I get a little bit upset because I have things to do but then I just have to remind myself that the day is beginning now 
if I can do stuff, then I can do stuff, and I can't, if I can't, then I can't. Um, another slip, a sleep tip, <laughs> I can't, I can't speak, guys, I cannot, is that, uh, you should not be on your phone 30 minutes minimum before you intend to sleep, or your body will get confused and it will take you ages. And I know this because I, I literally, I'm on my phone all the time, and so, <laughs> of course I'm on it before I go to bed, maybe I'm like, usually I'm on like YouTube or something, um, and I realised that contributed a lot sometimes with struggling to sleep, um, and another thing with sleep that my counsellor told me is that if you're in bed for like 30 to 40 minutes, and you can't sleep, you need to get out of bed and do something else, because then what you'll be doing is unconsciously uh, associating your bed with stress, and then it'll make you anxious every time you try to go to sleep, because you, in your subconscious, you know that when I'm in bed, I just get stressed out because I can't sleep, and then because of that, your anxiety levels rise, and then because you're anxious, you won't get to sleep, yeah, Tip number three, I personally believe that you need a day in the week, the bare minimum being once a month, but healthily, a day in the week to detox from everything, that is everything in italics, everything, a day where you're not thinking about work or uni or school or replying to people's messages or doing anything that might bring you stress the bad kind of stress, because I think stress from playing games is different, (laughs) um, if you have in your mind that today I'm going to do things that make me happy, I'm going to read that book, I'm going to watch that show or movie, I'm going to listen to this playlist, I'm going to play this game, whatever it is that, like, brings you peace of mind or that little, like, serotonin boost, please try to give yourself some time to acknowledge and delve into those things, we're allowed to enjoy ourselves and I think we forget that because of this capitalistic culture that we've created amongst ourselves where we have to be doing something quote-unquote productive and we forget that we also have a duty to ourselves to make ourselves happy do we not we have the right to be happy and I personally believe that you should be doing that you should be finding time to do that um, and it will just help with if it's letting off steam or if it's just pulling you away from your stresses and even taking the time like allowing yourself to just kind of breathe as well because th- this life is so suffocating and it just feels like the more you're sitting in it the worse it gets um, so yeah give yourself some time either if it's one day in the week or once every fortnight or if it's once a month then do that for sure tip number four to help with slowing down stop measuring your level of productivity on how much you've done rather give yourself credit for what you could do despite your circumstances um i think this is very important because productivity let your level first of all to be productive is is a stupid mindset to begin with productivity 
is a capitalist tool to continue using us like slaves. There, I said it. I said it. But if you remind yourself that, okay, I could only do so much because I'm feeling a particular way. Everything gets easier to deal with. You shower today, even though you didn't feel like it. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. You applied for that job, even though you're sleep deprived and you wanted to do like so many other things. I'm proud of you for that too. And you should be as well. Uh, You need to learn to be proud of yourself for doing things when you're struggling with things that other people cannot see. Um, I think it also makes you more likely to do what you can and not try to do everything or even doing nothing because you feel like you haven't done enough. The fact that you woke up today in the middle of a pandemic when we haven't seen friends and family for ages, um, we don't understand what's going on because our world leaders are not making any sense. That is such a huge feat. We are not robots and we should not be treating ourselves like robots. So we shouldn't be pushing ourselves like that or even punishing ourselves when we haven't been, in quotation marks, productive enough. So you should definitely stop measuring your level of productivity based on how much you've done, but rather what you could do given your circumstances. Tip number five, journaling. I know every influencer and their mom out there has told you to journal, but I think this is a very, very important tool to help you let out your emotions, especially if you struggle to do things like cry, like me. I don't cry often anymore. I don't even cry at all, to be fair. I shed like one or two tears and then I'm like, okay, let's move on. That's just how I am. I don't know why anymore. I used to cry a lot before, but I don't anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that journaling is so important. And I don't mean it in a, you should be doing this every night or this should be part of your daily routine. I can't stick to daily routines because of my ADHD. It's just impossible sometimes to have some things be consistent every single day, especially because of how um, my emotional like dysregulation works. Um, my emotional processing is different. So I will be really frustrated with certain things and I just won't do stuff because it will make me feel horrible. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but when I have the time to journal, uh, when things get really overwhelming, it is so helpful. And if you journal effectively, like with some prompts and questions, um, I think it can actually help with building like a really healthy outlet. It will also give you something to look back on, you know, at a later time when you can be like, wow, I used to think this was such a big deal. Or, you know, I really got over that thing, didn't I? Like, I thought I couldn't make it, but I could. Um, It's just really, really helpful to have, like, prompts and questions. And there's so many prompts and questions online. You can find them um, from anywhere. Just Google journaling prompts and questions. You'll find stuff. Um, But, yeah, it will definitely help you with bringing building, creating, like, a healthy outlet for you to release emotions. Even just deep thinking about what you want for yourself tip number six the final tip remind yourself that you are doing all right 
you need to tell yourself this regularly. Once you've felt everything you've needed to feel, you've cried it out, you've punched a hole in the wall, you've tore up a sheet of paper. When you've felt everything and you're ready to come back, you need to tell yourself that you're going to be all right. Because how many times have you gone through things and you thought you weren't going to make it and you did? Like you're here, right? (laughs) You made it, you survived. And I think it's so important to remind ourselves that not in a way to dismiss what you're feeling, but in fact, I think it's more of a in a response to what you're feeling. Like you feel all these things and then you can just sit there and be like, yeah, I feel really crap at the moment. I feel terrible and that's okay. I'm going to be all right. We'll pick it up again tomorrow. And yeah, I think that's just so important to remind yourself this whenever you can if it's all the time, if it's every single day, if it's something you do before you go to bed, if it's when you remember because you're having a little meltdown, if it's, you know, whatever triggers your memory to remind yourself that you're doing all right, then remind yourself because it's so important. And that was the final tip. Um, also, the internet is full of so many resources out there uh, that are free. Um, there's, like... <sighs> I recently came across something called Kooth, spelt K-O-O-T-H, which is a free resource for mental health help. And I think it's just really amazing. Um, It definitely breaks down a lot of barriers, which are like financial barriers, even um, cultural ones, because you just go online, you can download some resources, you can read research, you can do all these things. Um, And all of that in the comfort of your bedroom or your living room, or wherever it is you feel safe to be accessing this information. Um, uh, But yeah, I just think we really have to remember that we're all experiencing something that is so strange and weird right now, and is so emotionally taxing. I don't think we're going to recover easily, but that's okay. These things don't work overnight. You're going to have days and even weeks that things won't go the way you want, Um you're going to be crying, you're going to be angry uh, at yourself, at the people around you and I think you just have to remember that that's okay, that's okay because you're a human being, you're allowed, all of your feelings are valid and yeah, you just need to like pick up on your triggers, uh, the signs that indicate that you're in need of some time to yourself and just try to slow down because you're going to be all right you are loved, you are valid, your emotions are valid, your experiences are valid, um, everything that you do is valid, you're amazing and you're incredible and you deserve to be here and do not let anyone tell you otherwise or make you think otherwise, even yourself. When that little voice in the back of your head goes, um, you're worthless, punch it in the face, Punch that thought in the face because that is a liar. You are not. And so on that note, so that I don't bore you because <laughs> you have things to do, which I hope one of those things is taking the te- steps to slow down, by the way. Stay hydrated. Take care of yourself. And I will see you next Sunday 
on the next coffee shop date at the golden hour coffee shop bye bye